0: Welcome to Living the Life in Tech, a weekly podcast series with CIOs, CISOs, and technology leaders that are sculpting the current tech landscape. Each episode, we aim to provide deep insights from our guests, covering off areas that include leadership, innovation, security, and technology that will assist you and your team in evolving your business. If you enjoy this episode of the podcast, we would love you to provide us with a rating on iTunes or any other source you may be using along with subscribing to the podcast so you don't miss a thing. We also encourage you to subscribe to our weekly newsletter at ciotechasia.com. Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Life in Tech. My name is Tori McGurgan and I'm the founder and CEO of CIO Tech Asia, where today I'm joined with Mr. Parth Gandhi. Who is the CIO of Bridgeclimb here in Sydney, Australia? So, Path, good morning, and uh, thanks for joining us on the show today. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Privileged to be here. Fantastic. Now, Path, I might just get you to start off by explaining to our listeners exactly who Bridgeclimb are for anyone out there that may be unfamiliar with the company itself. Sure. So,
1: uh, Bridgeclimb facilitate experiences on top of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. So, our famous coat hanger. We take people up on top of the bridge, and there's a number of things, so there's guided tours, we do music up on the bridge, and we recently even had a DJ up there. So it's all about the bridge and how people can create memories up there.
0: Now, you've been with BridgeCoin for around a year and a half, and uh, I would assume you were brought into the business when the, the change of management took effect, correct?
1: Yeah, so when, when the Hammonds family took over the business, that was in um, about July. So from October-ish, uh, sort of everything ticked across to the new management, and I joined in
0: February. So I was the last person to join the executive team there. Okay. And obviously back in, I think it was August 2018, just for everyone out there, all our listeners, the, uh, the New South Wales government awarded a, a new 20-year lease for the management of Bridge Climb to, to Hammonds Holdings. Um, from the previous leasee of auto holdings, who managed, uh, I suppose, came up with the overall vision and, uh, and got bridge climb off the ground some 20 years ago. Now, um, for the government to then change management of this facility and, and award to your company, I'm assuming there were many changes they were looking to make, um, particularly around the customer experience in you know climbing the Harbour Bridge. But what were some of the implementations they wanted to see sort of take effect immediately versus long term from a, uh, a tech perspective?
1: So uh, this, this whole process essentially went to tender and, and the way government tendering sort of works is, you know, people put, they did an RFP, people put proposals forward. The, the proposal that Ham's put forward was uh, very innovative. Um, They were focused on the customer experience element, absolutely. And they had in there uh, things about AR, VR, and bringing new experiences to people on the bridge, um, as well as in the pylon. So we also uh, look after the pylon museum, which is in the southeast pylon of the Harbour Bridge. And so it's all about sort of how we can combine that experience. So there was elements of, you know, putting cameras on people's hats and allowing people to take video up there. There were elements of, you know, a a bunch of different sort of drone shots that we could take and and, and a lot of different ideas that were put forward. Um, There are some realities to what you can and can't do. The Harbour Bridge is obviously a, a great icon for Sydney and for New South Wales. And there are some security risks around you know, filming certain parts of the bridge, and uh, you know what you can actually take up there. There is an eight-lane road deck underneath, so you don't want to drop anything underneath. So there, there were some complexities to to working through all of this. But the Hammonds put a very lucrative um, idea forward, and that's what the RMs uh, I think really liked. Now I can't speak to sort of the depth of that process because I wasn't there when they put everything together. But I've looked at the documentation and there is a strong lean on technology
0: yeah and I, I mean it must be an exciting time for you as well to be able to come into the business at a at a stage where they're really kind of looking to develop themselves, but also you know just change the, the whole business model itself for the uh, the end user. Um, in terms of obviously, I, I know now you've you've been heading up and driving the digital transformation through the business, um, along with focusing on your core IT and have migrated to sort of Office 365, deployed unified comms, you know, built a whole new uh, redundant network from the ground up, website and booking engine, et cetera. But how has this actually changed the business and and what results are you seeing take effect now?
1: So the the way that this business was sort of set up is is, uh, Auto Holdings were obviously running this business uh, beforehand and they held off on investing on their technology because their lease was coming up. So they weren't guaranteed a return on investment, which is why they would held off on it. So a lot of the infrastructure that I'd inherited was quite aged and things weren't sort of working properly per se, which is why when I came on board, I had to start with focusing on the core. The core being, you know, your servers, your network, your end user computing, rolling out Wi-Fi and absolutely the basics that, are required from a technology standpoint. Now, apart from doing the core, we also focused obviously on the digital transformation. Um, And for me, the digital transformation, the, the critical points are the points where you can have the most impact for the lowest amount of money spent. And so we went through a customer journey mapping exercise, and we looked at all of the different touch points that each customer has with our business. And we worked out, which elements were gonna have the most impact to our customer journey. And so we started with the first point of contact, which is uh, our website. And so people, uh, thousands of people come to our website to do their research, to look at the potential of getting on the bridge when they're either in the country or they live in Australia and they're looking for something to do. And so we wanted to really transform that experience first. Now, from a cost standpoint as well, uh, acquiring customers through our partners like the OTAs like Expedia and Red Balloons and all of those guys, obviously there's a higher cost of acquisition for us. And the more customers that we acquire through our website, the better it is for us. So the idea was to really enhance the experience on our website so people could leverage that and it would reduce the cost of acquisition for us. So it was a, it was a double win for us. So we focused on on really developing that journey. And so we looked at a new booking engine, we looked at how to make the booking experience easier for our customer. And so what that's really done for us is, you know, it's taken a lot of traffic away from those OTAs and it's brought the traffic back to our website, which is a big win for Bridgeclimb. We've obviously been doing, um, you know, optimizing around conversion rates. So doing CRO work, we've been doing uh, search engine optimization. We've focused a lot on our search engine marketing as well. So all of the sort of e-commerce basics are are what we've really been developing. Um, And then on top of all this, which I feel is the most important element, which is data and analytics. So we've peppered a really strong layer of data across the entire organization. So I have a dashboard at my fingertips, which tells me how many people are climbing today, how many people climbed yesterday, what our budgets are, what we've sold today, what we've sold yesterday, what the pylon looks like, the health of the business in terms of the cost of acquisition, the health of the business in terms of photography, retail, food and beverage. So we've, we've sort of nailed together a really strong dashboard that indicates the day-to-day health of the business. We're monitoring our TripAdvisor reviews, our Facebook reviews, our Google reviews, and pulling all of that information together. So what it's really done for the business is given us the power to make decisions based on data. Yeah. So we're not guessing. We're looking at the data. We're looking at what it's telling us and then making the right decisions, hopefully, based on that information. And what it really allows us to do with this granularity of data is also do some testing where we can do A, B testing and say, well, we have a hypothesis that a particular idea will work. And and how do we test that? How do we test that with a segment of the market? And that's really what we've been playing with in the last 18 months is getting this
0: layer set up. Amazing. So, like you said there, I mean, there's been a lot that has taken place over that year and a half. So, uh, you know, you've done a a great job in uh, being able to get the business to where it is. But um, I know you also have some exciting projects um, also that are coming up, particularly within this AI. And again, I think even further within that analytics space. And I'm assuming this is really going to change... You know even further how the business operates um, in the future but can you tell me a bit more about this and the uh, the kind of experiences I suppose people can expect in the future
1: yeah look um, I, I, I won't get into too much of the kind of experience people can get because that's still a work in progress that strategy hasn't really been um, put together holistically yet we're, we're looking at this uh, in a phased approach and so this data and anal- analytics space is very much that what the dashboards and everything we've put together has been the first phase of this so the second phase of this is really around internal refinement so it's 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 a classic analytics problem in the sense that we we are a demand based business so people demand particular products which are the climbs that we take forward and based off of that demand we then model what additional inventory we need to make available for people and then based off of that we build all of our rosters and we look at our staffing so the resource management element really ties everything together so that's the sort of three-step approach and and I've always felt that that's the perfect problem for, for AI and machine learning and looking at how we can control that demand and, and really look at what the busy periods are, what, what the quiet periods are, and how we can try and normalize or average some of those out. Um, and so that's, that's what we're going to be playing with. We're going to be looking at um, an, an AI element across all three of those areas, the, the demand element, looking at um, the inventory management and what supply we offer and then ultimately the resourcing of it. Now, what will come out of this from an experience standpoint will be the next phase of this and that's looking at um, shifting some of these experiences. So, you know, having more video um uh, people want to be able to do you know their instagram stories and they want to post to their socials so one thing i can tell you as a definite is we're going to be facilitating those elements and allowing people to to really you know bring that social element in as soon as possible and and allowing them to share rich
0: video onto their those platforms with ease and i mean with with all this as well it's fantastic what you're doing, but also at the end of the day, it comes back down to the leadership team, right, in terms of uh, their growth and, and their vision for the organisation itself. Um, what kind of support have you got off the leadership team to be able to adapt and, and roll out these, uh, these platforms and, uh, and, uh, and items? Well, from, from that standpoint, I would say
1: I am one of the luckiest people on this planet. Because I work with the most amazing bunch of people at Bridge Climb. Um, The one thing that I am extremely proud of is the culture that we have within the organization. So, you know, people embrace change, people love change, um, but at the same time, there's, there's a level of excitement to see what we can do. And that's, that's phenomenal. So, the, the rest of the leadership team within the business. Uh, are absolutely amazing and they're all innovating in their own areas and really leaning on technology. Technology and finance are the two areas that really touch every area of any business. And so I'm, I'm extremely lucky that you know, I've got people within the business that are coming up with ideas that are, that are adding to this pipeline in terms of innovation. So a lot of the hard work, a lot of the heavy lifting is actually being done by the core business itself. So it puts me in a very, very strong position to be able to do some really amazing things. Yeah, okay.
0: And uh, blockchain, um, obviously, it's going to change the way we transact in the future. Um, do you see this changing, the, 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 obviously, the transactional style of your business um, in the future anytime soon or? A hundred percent, hundred percent. There is an
1: e-commerce revolution coming. The, the way we, we transact e-commerce accounts for a majority of the transactions now um, that take place in general. And so the way we transact will change. So, so blockchain is gonna be a game changer, not just in the financial services industry, but very much so in, in the commerce industry and uh, majority of our businesses online. So more than 70% of our sales take place online in some form or another, whether that's on our website, through our OTAs, um, through our partners who are pulling information via our API. Um, so there is a massive change coming in that space. So we are, we are prepping ourselves in the sense that you know, we're making as many payment methodologies available to our customers as possible. So we've recently put in Afterpay and we've put ZipPay in. Uh, We're accepting a majority of credit cards. We work with uh, Alipay and we're looking at some of the Chinese payment providers as well and and really expanding that method in which people can
0: transact with us. And so there's definitely a revolution coming in this space. And the the CIO role, um, it's changing all the time and and very much becoming a a CDIO type of position that is uh, moving forward, you know, moving further towards, you know, the digital space itself. Um, We've seen for some years now that the CMO and the CXO type leaders are working closer and uh, collaborating further with the tech teams. but. How far can you see this actually going? Will there be a a CIO in the future or will it be a a mixture of all these job titles um, pulled into one? I I think there's always going to be a
1: need for depth of technical expertise. So as long as CIOs uh, stay in touch and and have the in-depth knowledge of the technologies, I think the CIO role will always exist. Um, the lines, as you said, are blurring, And um, so my role is now more digital than, than core IT and has been that way for a number of years. Um, I, I always, uh, that, that's always my preference as well because the digital aspect to a business is where we can add a lot of value. So core IT can essentially be made turnkey to a degree in, in a lot of businesses And once you do get to that level of turnkey, what you really want to do is creating that value and that value comes in the digital space. So I I, I see the role existing. I see those lines definitely blurring. And I see CIOs, CDIOs uh, becoming more and more common and and working with, I think CMOs will start to disappear um, and really roll into that CXO uh, type role where it is all going to be about the customer experience. And experiences are what people buy. Um, at the end of the day, we are an experience focused organization. Uh, and your customer experience needs to be what people expect. And there's a lot of organizations leading the way in that space. And companies that can't deliver in that space will definitely be left behind. So I think we're seeing a good sort of blurring but we're going to see a lot of cdios working with cxos to make this stuff happen because the the technology element will always be there and that
0: depth will always be required and you know you're obviously in the experience industry um the biggest game changer for the future i would say would be around sort of ar and vr Um, the technology is still in its infancy I suppose especially when it comes to adoption but um, the type of devices you feel will be more common in your business um, for the future and other experience industries do you feel it will be sort of around this AR VR space
1: yeah I think I think as as AR per- personally I believe more in AR than VR um, the the way VR is essentially consumed at the moment is it's too cumbersome and it's it's not practical for a business like ours to really embrace that so i think ar is going to have a much larger impact on our business um as people start looking at you know embedded devices or you know, you know smart glasses and that sort of thing so you know snapchat glasses are, are fairly common although not allowed on the bridge you know we catch people out trying to smuggle them up on the bridge uh, fairly often so you know it's 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 Definitely the area that's going to have the most impact where, you know, there's a lot of history and there's a lot of um, stories to, sort of to be learned about the bridge and around the bridge and, and what you can see from up there. You can see most of Sydney from up there. Mm. So I think AR will really add to that experience and add to that, that effect of, of being you know, up that high.
0: So um, some amazing insights there, um, from what you've been able to do with the business and and where the business is, uh, you know, is headed, um, for the future. But also, I suppose, you know, the journey you've been on for the last year and a half. So, um, you know, some great stuff there, and and no doubt that's going to continue, um, in the future with, uh, you know, you adopting some of this new technology and uh, and the rolling out those um, existing projects as well. But um. Look, I recommend anyone who is in Sydney um, to get down there and, uh, and walk the uh, the bridge climb. It's an amazing experience. And uh, like you said, if you're you're ever in Sydney, it's the uh, the number one attraction that you want to be doing to, uh, to check out Sydney in full. So, Barth, once again, thank you so much for joining us um, today on the podcast. And uh, we really look forward to uh, continuing this discussion in a year's time and, uh, and seeing where your journey's taken you. No, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. And we are looking forward to
1: opening again and welcoming people back on to do the bridge climb. Thank you. Thanks, Bob.